Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers podcast. We release podcasts here, in part and in full, on the Joy of Sunflowers website. The Joy of Sunflowers podcast is about sisterhood through infertility and pregnancy loss. We cover a range of topics including fertility, pregnancy after loss and so much more. I speak with a range of people including wellness professionals, medical experts and beautiful mamas. The aim of this podcast is to bring you information and experiences that will validate and equip you for whatever season you find yourself in right now. Hi, welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers. You're about to listen to an interview with Leela Bilaley. She is a fertility nurse. Uh, In this interview, we were going to talk about fertility and fertility treatments. Unfortunately, uh, Leela and I had a very different conversation. Um, I was so shocked. I wasn't prepared uh, for the conversation that we had. Um, So I just thought I would give you a heads up. Uh, We started the conversation before the interview just with the how are you. Um, I didn't know that my how are you was going to start the interview. So that's where this interview starts off. I hope you find um, some comfort in this interview um, and this very, very early stage of loss. I actually was, um, I went in for my CVS exam on Friday at 12 weeks and the baby didn't have a heartbeat. So uh, yeah, and I use the tested embryo, so they don't even know why. Um, so yeah, so now I'm in the in the in the same club as everyone that I help on a daily basis. When did that happen? <clears throat> on Friday. Oh my goodness! Okay, and you were, tw- you yeah. were twelve weeks. I was twelve weeks, and they think the heartbeat stopped the week before. And when there's no answer, you know. Because at first, I think the it's not my regular OB. Yeah. It's OB that performs the CVS and the amnios. And she was like, oh, you know, well, the statistic is one in five. And it's usually a chromosomal issue. And I'm like, yeah, I know. We use the tested embryo. So it's, <laughs> you know, so. Even when you know about it, it's not, you know, easy. I mean my second loss, I knew about it. I I was in the world of it, you know, and yeah, yeah, it was still like bewildering. It was just, yeah, just flattened me. Um, Yeah. Gosh, Friday. How are you going? Are you, are you okay? And Um, you know, it comes in waves. Um, When you have other children, you feel very uh, grateful. Um, Not that it makes it any less of a loss. Um, but I think that it would be much harder if I didn't have, um, my other children, if not for anything else as a, as a distraction. Um, but you know, it comes in waves. I sob, I accept, I repeat. <laughs> and I think the baby aisle and cry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, you see baby strollers and you're like, oh my God, I never thought I would react like this, but here we are. Um, and I think the hardest part is that scheduling the procedure. So when you're further along and you have to do a DNC yeah. and you don't just get in right away, they don't 
schedule it same day. Um, you have to wait for OR time. And so I don't even have a scheduled date yet for this week. And so you're just walking around like you, you, because you can't physically heal and move on until that happens. So I think that element of it is just torture. Um, and again, I've been on the other end of it with my patients for 10 years over and over again. Um, but you naively think it'll never happen to you. And that if it does happen to you, you would react so differently because you've been on the other side of it so many times. Um, but it just, yeah, it's just, I think it cuts really deep no matter what your situation is. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing as well, how we're all affected in the same way. Like I've spoken to women who, um, had a like have had actual abortions like through choice and there was nothing wrong with the baby they just had one and Mm -hmm. they have the same process they literally go through the same thing the bewilderment the like crying randomly the feeling broken the blame yourself that like blame your body like being like oh my body's so crap like that it couldn't even hold on to the baby and all this stuff that we say to ourselves even though we know, like, we know the science that we're being told, like, you know, it's not your fault. It can't be your fault. It's probably some weird, just genetic thing, like, in that moment. And it was just that egg and that sperm in particular. It's not you. And we still, we're just like, it's my fault. I'm a, I'm not a good enough woman and all this. And it is, yeah. like, it's the same. And it doesn't matter if you know about it. It doesn't matter if you've, you've known someone who's gone through it. We all experience it in the exact same kind of way with like with all the emotions and I know there's like some variances and differences but you know in the end it catches up with us at some point anyway and we feel it feel everything (laughs) totally I mean a loss is a loss and again just walking around like my my boobs are still like pregnant boobs and you you just like I catch myself like touching my stomach and I'm like this is so bizarre that you kind of just have to like wait until they get you on the OR schedule there's nothing I can do the the way is I mean I chose to go natural and the waiting was awful it took two months to even like for things to really happen and it was just you know that just that whole time knowing that there was no baby um yeah for me there wasn't actually like the baby hadn't formed properly like it was just an egg so it was an empty sack essentially so I was just like there's no baby and my body is doing all the baby things why um so that but then yeah I've spoken to a lot of ladies like yourself who you have the baby and you know there's no heartbeat and then you're just like well come on body can you wake up (laughs) can you know about it Because I, yeah, you know, and that two months, I was just, I was so depressed. Like I just didn't know what to do. And I have kids, I have three kids, and I, I was finding it hard to like just get up and brush my teeth and <laughs> do any of the things. Like I don't even know how long I went for without showering. I'm sure I stunk. In fact, my husband did say me on t- say to me on several occasions, you know, maybe you should have a shower, honey. Like I'll take the kids. Like just. Go and have a shower, like <laughs> right, right, 
It's mm-hmm. about to go. You smell. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think in the morning, like when you wake up and you just have to relive it over and over again in the beginning, like I keep waking up like, wait, did that actually happen? Am I like, do I really like have to do this all over again? Like, and then you're like, how am I going to do it? Because like you said, you're just nervous the whole time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's. I already feel like I knew too much and I've, I've seen too many bad scenarios. And now that it's actually happened to me as well, I feel like it's going to be even more heightened. And I'm not an anxious person. I was never that anxious pregnant person with my other pregnancies. Um, yeah. But now it's, you You can't go back once it, once it, it, you just, you have PTSD. Once, once it happens, you just can't go back. I mean, my mom said to me this because I said to her, like, I think I've got PTSD because every time I go to the loo, I'm checking, I'm I'm waiting. I'm just like, I'm anticipating just seeing blood and stuff. Like I, I'm just like, I'm scared, you know? And she said, that's not PTSD. She's like, you are pregnant. You're literally reliving what you already went through, you know? you are going to have these moments the whole time you're pregnant because you've just lost, you know, two children. So now you're going to go through this. It's going to be hard and it's going to be crappy, but you're not going through PTSD. That's if it keeps happening later when you're finished having babies. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> so I think, um, I think, yeah, when, when we, when we kind of think of it like that, we're like, okay, we are actually putting our body back into that scenario, back into that situation. So we're going to think those things. We're going to relive everything and it's going to be hard the whole time regardless. Um, Absolutely. But I think um, you can't really make silver linings and like good things out of this. It's just awful. But, um, you know, you could like try and embrace the fact that you, you're you even more able now to help your patients because you can say, I I know, like I I feel you and I know. Because that is something that is really, it can be really hard when you when you're in front of a healthcare professional and they they don't know, and they're like trying to help you and they say all the wrong things and you know and you're just like, you don't get it. Shut up. <laughs> like just be quiet. You know. And I I always felt really badly when I was pregnant at the office and I did everything I could to cover my stomach. And, um, you know, I had like my really cute patients that I had had forever and they knew me so well. And I remember one of my patients, she walks in, she just looks me up and down. She goes, your boobs are huge. Are you pregnant? (laughs) And I was like, I love that we're so close that, you know, what my boobs look like. Um, (laughs) That was, that was really, you know, and she was actually, <clears throat> as much as she has, she had been through, she was one of my first visitors at the hospital when I gave birth. Um, she was lovely, but you know, it, I always felt so guilty and same thing. Like when I would say to them, like, I'm, I'm so sorry, or try to explain to them what, you know, what was happening and the next steps or scheduling a DNC or whatever the case may be. <clears throat> I just, I felt so icky about it sitting there with a, like a healthy pregnancy while they were going through what they were going through, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think a lot of the times they were super graceful. And like I said, I mean, when I had my first baby, the amount of gifts that I received from patients was uh, just, I was floored. My husband was like, who is sending all these? And they were, most of them were from my patients. Um, so yeah, I think it's all about approach. I think it's really hard as a healthcare professional to not get jaded. You see it every day. So you're like, okay, like it's going to be fine. Like, I know you're going to like eventually have a baby. Um, so it's really, really important, the approach and the delivery um, and not letting yourself be jaded by it. And like you said, I think that going through this now myself will give me that extra level of empathy. And now at this point, I really have been through, <clears throat> I've, I've done an egg retrieval. I've done an embryo transfer. I've done a hysteroscopy. I've done a saline sonogram. I am going through a later loss I with a tested embryo. Um, I'm going to have a DNC. I'm going to have to wait for my beta to go down. It, like So now I think that really it's it's even more beneficial in the way that I can connect to the people that I get to help every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have to take something out of these things because otherwise it would just, yeah, crush us. <laughs> so I know yeah. there's been a few ladies who have written amazing books, amazing books that just kind of, you know, walk you through it. They they go through what they've gone through and how they kind of like dealt with it and kind of move through and then, um, you know, there's people like myself who are like trying to, you know, do something like a podcast or like an event or something like that and trying to get warning out there for women and, and uh, yeah, try and get some awareness going because, you know, most of us don't know about it until it happens to us unless we'd work in fertility. Um, but even then it's it's hard because, you know, if you haven't gone through it, and like you said, like a lot of healthcare professionals are like, oh, I know eventually you'll have a baby, but then there are women who just it's not it's not happened and it's not going to happen or it doesn't seem like it's going to happen and, you know, they get to the point where they're going through menopause and and it hasn't happened and and that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't always happen and I, I've been seeing a lot of ladies posting, you know, you don't always get a rainbow. Not everyone gets one. And wow. um, and that just, like, <laughs> breaks my heart. <laughs> it's made me cry a few times. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I think once once you've gone through the, the, a loss as well, it just kind of, yeah, it just. It changes you. There's, there's just no way. It, it changes you. And I think that. Um, there's just so many things to navigate that your brain is just, you know, so you're thinking a million steps ahead of will this ever happen? Am I going to do this again? How am I going to do it again? Um, for me, you know, doing another embryo transfer, it's like, I have to like start that whole process again. I have to think about logistics. I have to think about my insurance coverage. I have to um, make an appointment to actually speak to the doctor, like all of the logistics. And then also in your personal life, um, you know, seeing everyone that like knew you were pregnant and having to repeat it over and over again, or trying not to burst into tears when someone asks you like, Oh, well, like, how are you feeling? And you're like, well, I'm not pregnant anymore. You know? So I think going through all of those things in your head all the time is just overwhelming. Um, and I, I have a, a 
mom friend who is about a month or I guess, yeah, she's, she's about a month behind where I was, um, in her pregnancy. And I don't want her to feel like I don't care about her pregnancy or that I don't care about how she's feeling. I don't want her to feel like she can't, you know, share her excitement or, um, I I don't want people to feel like they have to be on eggshells around me. You know, like there's just so many things that you have to think about when this happens that you have to navigate. It's not just the, you know, the black and white, okay, I had a loss. I have to physically take care of it. And then I move on. There's so many other things that you have to process. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's really difficult. I can see how it becomes completely just overwhelming and people spiral. Now I get it. Now I get my patient spiral. Yeah. I mean, it, it becomes your life. Like you, you take on this whole new persona and, um, one of the speakers said, you know, I don't want to be that girl whose baby died. And it's like, but we are, you know, and we don't want to be labeled that, (laughs) but that is what happened. And like, yeah, there's something that changes in you and I'm sure you feel it, you know, and, and you can't go backwards (laughs) as much as you want to go back to who you were. It, It, it just, it can't happen. And you have to embrace this new, this new you and um, try and deal with that. Yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible. And you have to just figure it out and, and, and move on. And um, I think also just for me personally, I'm, I'm always, I've always been a very like open, wear my heart on my sleeve type of person. So for me, actually just coming out and, and telling people these things and telling people what I need and um, telling them what happened and and telling them to not walk on eggshells around me. And I think for me, that, that's what works for me and my personality. Um, I imagine it's very difficult for more introverted personalities to express their needs and um you know, kind of convey to people how they would like to be treated and what what would make them feel best during the healing process. Um, I think for an introverted personality, it's probably much tougher because they don't want to talk about it. Well, they don't Um, know how they feel. Like, because a lot of women go, I I don't know. I don't know what to do and I don't know how I feel and I don't understand this time at all. Um, Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think that's really great, though, what you had, which is like you can you, you actually can say what you're needing. That is so such a blessing. Like it's so important to be able to tell people what you need. Like I just shut off like I couldn't really talk much in the beginning. I just, you know, I, I'd had three healthy kids like natural, um, all natural, like na- natural getting pregnant, natural labors, everything. And it was just, I, it was not on my radar. I I was like, that's never going to happen to me at all. <laughs> like it's, right, I, right, three, right. it's, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just so, I just shut off. I couldn't. But I mean, listen, it, th- there's no right way either. I think that's the other thing. And I think even with grief, whether it's a pregnancy loss or anything else, I think that people think that they are entitled to tell other people how to grieve. Mm -hmm. So what grieving looks like 
for you might be completely different than for me than for somebody else. I mean, if somebody, you know, grieves by moving on really quickly and that's their coping mechanism and they need the distraction, that that's what they need. If someone needs to, like you said, kind of just hole up and, 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 and be by yourself and you don't want to talk about it, that's what you need. I need to talk about it. That's what I need. I think people think that they are entitled to tell others how they they can grieve no matter what type of loss it is and I think that this is no different um I felt weird yesterday I decided I was finally ready to leave the house and I wanted to go work out that's what would make me feel good and I felt so weird because like I'm for lack of better words I'm I'm walking around with a dead baby inside me and I'm gonna go to the gym with a dead baby inside that that's bizarre and I had to kind of just power through that because for me physical movement makes me feel better and it's an anxiety release for me and that's what I needed so while someone may look at me and say oh like I would just stay in my bed for the whole week that's and that's okay too I I did that for the weekend um I think that people need to just grieve however they need to grieve. And I don't think there is any like right or wrong way for them to process something like this. You know, we have to heal somehow and we have to find ways to be able to get up and move and do things. Even if Mm -hmm. getting up and doing things is just going to the bathroom or going to the gym, you know. That's, I think it's amazing that you went to the gym. You, you did something that you knew would make you feel better. And that's mm-hmm. that's great. I actually think that's so amazing and so wonderful because, I mean, yeah, I am one of those people who just stayed at home. I just, I wallowed. I just, yeah. And you're allowed to. And <laughs> you're allowed to. Yeah. Everyone, anyone watching and listening, we're giving you permission right now. <laughs> Do you. Whatever. Exactly. Whatever emotions, however you feel. If you want to go to the gym when, you know, things haven't quite worked things out in your body and, you know, you s- still have things in there, that's fine. Go do that. If you do, if you want to eat a tub of ice cream, go eat a tub of ice cream. Yeah. If you want to be really healthy yeah. and just eat salad, do that too. That's great. But just do whatever makes you feel better or whatever you can do. Like don't put pressure on yourself to make, make everything happen because no matter what you say to yourself or how much pressure you put on yourself, you, you have to do what your body can do and what you can manage. And even if you push yourself, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it. So don't push yourself, do what you know you can do and just, you know, take it day by day because it's not, it's not worth you just breaking and not having health and not having some kind of well-being. Even in even if in this moment right now you f- you feel like I felt in the beginning where I was just so depressed I couldn't move. Um, you just got to do you. Yeah. For me, like I said, that's my personality. I like to talk about it. I'm very type A. Like if I don't have the next steps plans out because everyone's like, oh, you have to take it one day at a time. You have to just, you know, first let's just get the DNC done and then we'll go from there. And I, I understand what they're saying and they're only trying to help, right? Like it, it's very hard to find the right things to say in these situations. But for me, if I don't have next steps and I don't have a plan B, that makes me more 
likely to spiral. I need to know this is what I'm going to do. This is, you know, this is how I'm going to get to my end goal and focus on that. And I think, again, everyone's personality is different. Everyone's grieving process is different. And I, I, I just, I just don't think that anyone should be able to kind of like judge what mm. and what anyone else is doing to heal. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the, the judgments and things that they're, they're just literally like people just trying to be helpful. Like a lot of the comments, you're just like, that was just not helpful at all. Not, that was so unnecessary. But then you you look at them and they're just like, they're trying to do something. They just want to help in some minuscule way. And you're like, you are the opposite of helping right now, but I get that you love me and thank you, but no. yeah I think everyone is just trying like people just don't know what to say I really hope you enjoyed the first part of this podcast if you'd like to listen to the rest please visit thejoyofsunflowers.com please note that all speakers including experts and professionals express information views and opinions that should not be used to diagnose treat cure or prevent any medical conditions. If you have a medical issue, please consult a qualified professional. Speakers voice their own views, opinions and conclusions and they may not reflect the views, opinions and conclusions of other speakers. Ella Rose, The Joy of Sunflowers and its sponsors may not endorse all or any of the views, opinions or conclusions expressed. 